mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is. Performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Justin from Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder. Josh Goff, of course, as well. Ridgeline Auto Brokers and Legacy Automotive. I got a text message in on the on that 350 we were just talking about. One other thing to do is check the vent. Make sure the vent is not plugged on that on that old F350, eh, possibly. Um, yeah, it depends on how it's been used. It could be plugged. It could be the hose is completely off. Who knows? Double check that just to make sure that it's breathing correctly. Because, yeah, if it's not breathing correctly, that would also be why that seal would not be there. But I also saw a lot of those back in the day where the, the spindles on the end will get bent. And it could be anything from, you know, they weren't that heavy. Even though it was a full floating axle, they weren't as heavy as what you'd think. And they would bend from hitting curbs and I don't know, numerous things back in the day would, would do that. But anyways, yeah, check all that and just, just double check. Make sure the vent's open. Do what Josh said on the on the on the um, uh, check on the the seal surface, making sure all that's good as well, and then go from there and let us know how it goes. Jeff and Golden, what's up? Not much, man. How are you? I'm good, sir. Good talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were talking about the uh, license plates and then making sure to take them off the vehicles and all that. Yes. And I was just, uh, it just struck me. I was like, you know, that I spent about half my life in California and half my life here, you know what I mean? And I think that's one that California might have right because you don't know how they do it there with the license plates. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Fill me in. Well, the license plate, <clears throat> when a car, when they make a car or whatever, or when, they buy, when you buy a car new, the license plate stays on the the car for the life of the vehicle. It oh, I didn't know that. Off. Oh, yeah. I did not yeah, know that. Com- it never comes off, yeah, unless they have to. But that number is like a serial number to the car, you know what I mean? And it is, and I'm running around here, you know what I mean? You know, my family and everything, we've got a lot of cars. You end up with so many license plates, and I'm like, ah, I wouldn't call out to go to that. Why, like, yeah, why don't I we don't, do that? Uh, Colorado is working on that. Oh, we are working yeah, on that? they're working on having the, the dealer do it. That's not a bad way. Of, actually, that's not a bad way of doing it, and you would eliminate probably all of these uh, temp tags running around with no uh, yep. registration on them if you went to that, Jeff. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Cause you end up, and then I got them under my sink, and you got all these plates everywhere, and you're like, I use them for tin. Sometimes, you know, you cut them and use them. And what do I, you do I didn't plate? know that. I, sorry. I, all these years, you just taught me something today. I did not know. I honestly did yeah. not know that. Yeah, because in Colorado we've we've I've been here my entire life and we've never had that here. I know, I know. If we didn't do that in Indiana, where from I wouldn't have floorboards in my first two cars. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, good one, good one, Josh. California has just you know they switched over to the the black license plates now too, so they've got like their old plates from the fifties back on. It's really cool. Really yeah, those look really neat. I saw those last night. Yeah. I love. Those I wish plates. I would have saw those when I bought my last vehicle because those do look neat. 
Yeah, they're from the 50s. That's yeah. The 50s. yeah, they are kind of cool. I've seen they, a few of those around. Great. I haven't seen a lot, but I have seen a few of them. That is kind of cool. I don't like their white plates, by the way. They're too hard to read. Maybe that's why they went back. I don't know. Okay, does, really quick, though, does it bother you when you see California plates in Colorado? <laughs> Me? No. I don't, I don't care. I, I'd much rather see California than a lot of the other states, to be honest. But. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can't argue that one. Depends on where they're coming from. Yeah. You know what? All, all I'm saying is, you know, just don't bring your stupid, crappy values that, that kicked you out of your state to our state and turn it into the same thing. That's all I'm going to ask. Uh, for sure. And that's the sad part of California because it never used to be like that. No. There's and there's a lot of conservatives in California. They just don't make the headlines, as you know, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys, the two mechanics there, or the, 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 you guys, I, you know, I race those. The, uh, the front-wheel drive dirt oval, IMCA. I have an IMCA driver, and uh, we do the front-wheel drive stuff, but I, and they just allowed us now to tune the computers like two years ago. I mean, everybody was doing it already. But, yeah. Hey, Jeff, go to a different spot in the house where we can hear you better. You're breaking up bad. I heard a little Uh-oh. bit of that last little section. Try moving. There we go. That's better. All right, I'm out of here. All right, uh, say that last part one more time for Jeff and Josh. Or sorry, for Justin and Josh, I mean. Can you hear me now? There we go. That's better. Okay. I put my phone down, and I, I got my headphones on, and I started walking around. Oh, and there we go. Now we're better. No, I was asking the kid, the guys uh, on tuning, uh, I raced the IMCA uh, dirt oval stuff, and mm-hmm. we can tune... The, the the ECUs now and uh, but I'm telling you what around Colorado and who are the people that will tune these computers for me uh, the guy at uh, was it Colorado Speed and Chassis he won't even touch them anymore you know so I would use I mean who I've used in the past is CryoTune Performance and they can actually do it remotely well they'll have you do some pulls and then send them some data. And then they'll send really? you some reflashes that you just upload to the car, or they have a dyno as well that um, they can use. But that is becoming a, a, a legal issue in Colorado. Yep. Bigger deal all the time. What is that? Let me. Uh, would you call? Uh, yeah, I got to write that down. Yeah, CryoTune Performance. I believe the the owner's name is Dave, if I remember right. All right, there I found. Are they phone. local, okay. Justin? Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. He he did all the tuning on my WRX and made that thing a brand new car. Awesome. Cryo tune, and that Dave is the guy. I think it's Dave. I may have that okay. incorrect because it's been a few years, but I believe it's Dave. Cryo, and that's C R Y O tune T U N E. Yep, and he is he's excellent. Oh, awesome! That is so cool to hear that the, the he'll do the de- yeah. Like I could do some, I could go find a, a road and do some pulls and then. Yep. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Okay, awesome. Thank you, guys. That's a good one. Uh, and then I, the, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine, Jeff. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to say that that guy that called in earlier with that the on his electric on your other show or whatever on the electric meter. For yes, your yes, house, yes. I yes. Did, oh God, I would. I've been thinking of that just because they put the smart one at my house, and I kept thinking, I'm like, God, I wonder if I can go to websites. There's something I can go to. To see, yeah, to look at my meter and be like, okay, I need to shut some things off, or wow, that coffee pot sucks. You know, I'm not, you know, or whatever, right. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that device, for everybody listening that wasn't listening to Fix It Radio, the device that Mark called in on is yeah. Sense, S E N S E. You attach that to your breaker panel, and there's a little Wi Fi 
uh, attachment there that actually sends things to an app on your phone, and you can look and see exactly what's going on, much to what you just said, Jeff. Okay, since yeah, that's what since. I, that's a good one. That's I think that yeah, and and they've actually got. I was looking at the website, you know, during some of the breaks, they've got several different options as to how you use it. If you're somebody that's got solar on your home, it'll even tell you how much your solar is producing. And I, really, great way to make sure, by the way, in that case, that you're getting the proper credit from XL Energy or whoever your power provider is for the power you've actually generated as well. So honestly, it'd be a great device to have just to double-check everybody. 100% agree. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So that's about all on my list. All right. I was got my, I, I, my last one I've been working on, it just to let you know what I've been working I got a, uh, a gal gave me an O2 Explorer a couple of years ago. That's the V8, okay? Oh, wow. Uh, good little, yeah, good little truck she gave it to me. It wasn't working. She wasn't running or whatever in the garage. So, can you get it out of here and take it? And I was like, I'll take it. So I ended up uh, had to put a fuel pump in it, whatever. That was pretty much all it was. But then I ended up I towed that. I, that's what I used to tow the race car. So we towed to Bristol with that. It made it back, whatever. But I, it, it has turned into be a, a crazy money pit. I had to do it. I ended up blowing the motor in it. And we, we used to call those exploders for a reason, Jeff. <laughs> I know. I the timing chain. It's the timing chain, right? Inside there, do you get? You know what happens? Yeah. That that timing chain starts to rattle. It yep. falls into the oil pump, and yep. it's done. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, and those V8 so ones are hard to work on because there's not much room there. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I've been working on it. I am almost done. You have no idea. I got guys from. The Venezuelans, I went and hired a couple guys for a little bit. They destroyed a freaking, oh, they did some damage to me. And, oh, it's been a nightmare. Yeah, the the four-liter units actually were as good a units as the V8s were just because you could actually work on them. And that, that motor was actually pretty good solid motor, the four-liters were. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what a nightmare. Anyways, on that, to get that there wasn't that many V8s around. They, they didn't make too many of them that way. Yeah, it's cool. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'm gonna own this thing for the rest of my life as much as I've worked on it now. There you <laughs> go. It's all right. Good. You guys have a good one. You too, Thank Jeff. You. Appreciate it very much. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Got lines open. Text line as well. You can call us though on the main number here. Coming right into the studio. We'll get you on air three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. The text line three zero seven two hundred eighty two twenty two. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline line belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. 
Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. What's in a name? For Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the name perfectly describes the state-of-the-art veterinary medical facility that we trust. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and for over 20 years, trust is why we have chosen Lone Tree Vet for all of our pet's medical needs. They provide a wide variety of medical and surgical services and utilize state-of-the-art methods, protocols, and technology. Whether your pet needs medical, dental, or surgical care, you can trust the medical team at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. We all know that making the decision for our pets to have a medical or surgical procedure is not always an easy one, but at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they understand the hesitation and anxiety that accompany leaving a pet for any type of procedure. Whether it's a spay or neuter surgery, a laparoscopic surgery, or a complex orthopedic surgery, the professional team at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center is dedicated to making your pet feel comfortable and special. If your pet needs medical care, call 303-708-8050 today. That's 303-708-8050. And for more information, visit them online at LoneTreeVet.com. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Again, the guys from Ridgeline Auto Brokers and Legacy Automotive up in Boulder with us, Justin and Josh. We appreciate them being with us and taking time out of their Saturday. Jerry from Erie, you're next. Yes, I have an old Hummer H2 with about 160000 And I just want to thank Justin and Josh. They put a Jasper transmission in that about two years ago. Oh, I remember this truck. You, you do. That beige Hummer. I'm an old yep. guy, but whatever. I still like it. Anyway, I've had a battery drain issue, and I think it's probably an aftermarket radio. But it, if I don't drive it at least once a week, it goes down. The other morning I went out to do it, it wouldn't start. It kind of clicked and went off. I recharged the battery. Now it's charged up. I go to start it. It starts, and it instantly stops. And just for, I don't know if it has anything to do with it, the interior lights are not coming back on. Even though the battery's fully charged. So you fire it up and it runs for a few minutes and it just dies? Oh, not even a few minutes. I'm talking about a second or two. Okay. And have you let it... So a lot of times, though, the IAC, or that has a throttle body on it, will lose its idle position. So you need to sit there, start it, let it run for a while, and get up to operating temp. So you might have to actually keep your foot on the gas pedal. And then usually once it gets to the um, operating temp, it'll find itself again. 
Okay, it won't even run that long. I'm talking about it starts, it, it, I mean, it is firing, and right. it it's off within a second. It won't even stay oh, running. Oh, so okay, so look, uh, the other thing is look and see if you have the key light on your dashboard, if it comes on at that time. So if the okay. chip key died or you got a non-chip key in it, the immobilizer could have been reset. Oh, good and point. a lot of times the immobilizer will let it start for or crank for a millisecond, and then it will shut off. Okay, these are not chip keys that are on it, to be honest with you. Uh, one is original Hummer key. The other one is a GMC pickup key. Mm-hmm. I've been using it for five years, and I've never had this problem before. Okay. And it doesn't have a key, like, on the dashboard that shows, like, or say immobilizer on the dashboard? I'd have to look at that. I haven't looked, I haven't seen that. I'll try that. When you turn the key on, you'll see it? Yeah, you'll mm-hmm. see it. Because okay. you can still program, even if it says GM or whatnot, you could still have a transponder in it, and somebody could have programmed it into the PCM's memory at some time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I bought it from just a locksmith who just cut the key for me, and it's worked fine. Okay. So I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's the two areas where I would start on it. And, and how are you getting it started once it's dead, Jerry? Well, once the batteries back up, it's, it's been started. It I mean, but yeah, but I mean, are you like putting a battery charger on it? You jump starting it? How are you getting it back up? Uh, I use a battery charger. Okay, so you put a battery charger on to get it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Makes sense. And once you do that, it's okay. Yeah. yeah that's a tough one, Jerry. I wish we were able to figure that one out over the phone, but. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's, that's where you almost need to be in front of to see what it's doing. And to your point, well, something's drawing the battery down, so you either need to start, you know, putting a shutoff switch in it or unhook the battery or put a put a battery tender on it that'll keep it, you know, charged up once you get this problem solved. One of three yeah. things. Fix it or fix it. Well, we can do some parasitic draw testing on the vehicle sure. to figure yeah. out exactly what is drawing that down and, and, and decide what you want to do to fix it. Yeah. yeah, the only problem right now is I can't get it to run to get it up. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an issue. Um are you and and when it you say when it I mean like it acts like it wants to start or it'll it'll run for like a second and then shuts right off? Absolutely, it runs for maybe a second. Correct. You actually can know what it's firing. It's not just cranking. It actually is firing. Weird. And it, if you put your foot in the gas pedal, it won't rev. It'll just stall. Uh, yeah, I've tried. I've tried all the different things. It, it's like it's starving for fuel, but. Also, is there anything about the fact that the interior lights aren't coming back on again? Yeah, that's that's odd. There's something electrically going on that I'm guessing is keeping it from running. You got to figure out what the you, you. I hate to say this, you may end up having to tow that to Boulder and just have the guys look at it. Gotcha. You may not have a choice. These these okay. are tough, as you know. These are tough to fix over the phone. You just it's just hard to do. <laughs> I know, I know, but the transmission's great, so I thank you for that. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> We need to get it running so we can use that yeah, transmission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bought one of those new back in the day. Oh, this one's great. I've had it for about 60,000 miles. I bought it a number of years ago, and it's great. It's, it's a fantastic car other yeah. than passing pass a gas station. Yeah, I was just going to say, they work really well, except uh, except for the fuel <laughs> Fuel economy sucks. Right. Yeah. Actually, it does suck, it, literally, the fuel. It does, a lot of it. It's like driving a brick down the road. There you yeah. go. That's exactly it. Okay, guys. All right, Jerry, thanks. Actually, that was like owning a three-quarter ton Yukon. It was. Mm-hmm. Essentially what that is. Mm-hmm. That's a three-quarter ton Yukon. It's, you know, they're not 
long, so it's not like a Suburban, but that's like a regular, you know, a, you know, full-size Blazer, Yukon, Tahoe, whatever. It's a three-quarter ton version of that is what those were. Yeah, Jerry's truck is a cherry of a truck, too. Nice. It's a nice one. Nice. Do I need to take a break, Charlie, or where am I at? I've, I've lost track here. I'm sorry. Did I, take a, did I take one break this hour already? Sorry. Okay, so we're good. All right, we'll keep going. Tom and Lakewood, you're next. I'm sorry. I got, I've been talking too much. I lost track. Tom, go ahead. Well, I got a 2003 Silverado. Uh, it's a 4.8 engine. It's got about 260,000 miles on it. And uh, last year, about this time, the water pump was leaking. I ha- had a new water pump put on. And I keep losing money. Or not money. Well, money, too. But I keep losing <laughs> fluid. And uh, what happens is uh, the overflow empties out. And it's used, and I've had it up there a couple times, and primarily concerned that the the uh, water pump was going bad. I haven't had any indication of it, and the uh, guy that put it in he tightened up the hoses a couple times, and it still does it. And he says the only thing that he can figure out is that it's uh, it's leaking into the engine. However, the oil looks good, and it's about a quart a month. Any thoughts? So on those 4.3s, the intake manifold gaskets leak because they were plastic to begin with, and they kind of crack. Sometimes they'll leak into the valley, into the engine, and you'll have, you know, your oil will become a milkshake. Or sometimes they'll actually leak down the front, but they don't leak enough that you ever see the drips. And sometimes people think it's a water pump leak, too, because when it does leak, it's kind of in that same area. But if you look at it, you'll see, you know, you look at the front of the motor, you'll see the water pump, and you'll see where the the valley is and you'll see it wet right there and that was really common on you know the five seven gms and those four threes well it wasn't a four three it was a four eight it's the, four. the same thing as yeah. the five yeah. three yeah four eight sorry yeah small. yeah yeah well i i felt around there and i know this guy has and just can't tell it and the oil looks good and i i asked him about that uh valley there and he said he thought it would leak out the back. Yeah, that so, isn't happening. Okay, is so, that bottle put together with two seam with a seam? I don't remember. Because I have one. seen where you won't see it leaking until the vehicle's up to temperature and running down the road and has pressure. Sometimes they'll leak at the seams of that overflow bottle, but I don't remember how that one's put together. Well, it's twenty years old, and I got to thinking, I, you know, that uh, overflow is plastic. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. just, you know, sometimes plastic just gets brittle after a while and gets funny leaks. Yeah, and sometimes it can be a height thing, too, where there's a leak higher up, and as the bottle fills up, it only leaks at that higher height. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, the top of it's hard to get off anymore. It's old. Right. So, yeah. Alrighty, well, I, I thought you guys might have some thoughts. Uh, uh, I think, I think Josh is on the intake is probably the first thing I would yeah, look that, at. That's where I would look. And then, yep. yeah, the other side is just have somebody pressurize it and see if they can find where it's leaking from. Yeah, we can quickly determine it with a pressure test if you ever want to bring it to us. Yeah. Well, this guy's been pressure testing it and can't find it. So, where are you at? In Boulder. We're in Boulder. Oh, okay. That's I'm I'm. Actually, I'm in Lakewood, but I'm closer to Littleton than Lakewood. So you're far. You're far. So. If you're that, if the, if you're that far south, go to Geno's. Just find, they're in they're in Littleton, uh, Bowles and Platte Canyon. They could do that for you too, Tom. Talk to John there. All righty, maybe I'll do that. It's, okay. 
you know, as long as I have a gallon of that stuff with me and I just put a quart in every now and then, it isn't bad, but it's just kind of irritating. Sure. Well, and it's going to get worse. Okay. I hate to say that, well, but it will. You. Thanks, Tom. No, it will. You're, you're, those those sorts of things don't get better. They will get worse as time go as time goes by. Pete and Centennial, you're next. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing, Pete? Good, good. Question about what to do with a vehicle: ninety six Lexus, one hundred and sixty thousand miles, engine, transmission, rear end, all really good. Got wrecked in a snowstorm, real low-speed crash, uh, bounce around a couple different cars, fenders are messed up. Should I part it out, salvage it? What do I do with it? Assume it's already been totaled or what? No, it, no, it's, no. We never, we never turned it into the oh. insurance company. Okay. And but it, you know, the the front fender, the hood, the rear fender. It was a couple of cars we were bouncing around on a slippery road, and mm-hmm. and uh, so it is yeah, totaled. So, it's just not been officially totaled. Correct. Okay, got it. Then I would go ahead and finish that process at this point. It's not worth any. It's not worth enough to salvage. So okay. I, you, you got several options. You could part it out yourself. That takes a lot of time, effort, energy, and so on. You could go through that if you so desire, or you go to a, you know like car part. You know, it's one of those different places where they'll just buy the car for scrap, and you just sell it, give them the title, and away you go. Okay. When you say total, it's all. I'm not going to turn it into an insurance company. No, no, no. I mean, I mean it's, it, the car is total. It's a matter of what you do with it moving forward now. But theoretically, yeah. it, you know, dollar to fix it versus what the vehicle's worth, it's totaled. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I do, yeah, don't turn it into insurance if, you've, if you don't want to go down that path and it's not worth doing it on that vehicle. It isn't worth doing. But, yes, it's totaled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could... You could. There are people out there, believe it or not, that may buy the car as is with it still. Is it is it running and drivable? It's running and drivable, but I can't get to a, a place to have it. the emissions tested. Well, you'd you know be surprised. I mean? There are individuals out there that will actually buy the vehicle like it is as long as it runs and moves, and it will not stay in this country. It will most likely go <laughs> somewhere else and will not need emissions anyways. You'll have to sell it if you do it this way, Pete, as a tow-away only, non-emissions compliant. I would put that right on, you know, you, you know, not, not validating the safety of the vehicle, blah, blah, blah. This is a tow-away vehicle only. Put that on the bill of sale, but yep. you'd be shocked. Somebody probably will buy it in its condition. Okay. All right. Well, put it put it on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, either one, and it will sell. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's taking up space in the garage. Yeah. No, I would I would go that route, and somebody will buy it if it still moves. Oh yeah, it, it runs and moves. Okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah. And somebody will buy it. Believe it or not. Okay. All righty. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. And I hate to say this, might even see that on Denver streets afterwards. So, oh, just as a side note, uh, Jeff in Denver and Dan, guys, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. Uh, Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back, and if we get time here in this next half hour, we'll give a few tips even on that accident end of things as well, which we'll talk about if we get to it. If not, I'll do that next week. But, Jeff in Denver, you're next. Hi. Hi, Jeff. I was calling about I have a Toyota Tacoma uh, 2009. Uh, I also had a 2007 with the same problem where the on the dash, the uh, fan temperature 
and kind of where it circulates on the defrost your, your feet, um, the lights will go out. And I, don't, I think it's probably a fuse problem. Um, I never really dealt with it before, and uh, but I like to. I was just thinking about that and thought maybe I'd call you guys to see if there's been a, a problem with that in a lot of the models, or if it's just I've been special and had it the problem in both my Toyotas. I mean, it could be a fuse. Usually, it's actually the older ones had light bulbs in there, and each little light bulb hmm. kind of goes out. And sometimes they'll almost go out all at the same time, or there'll be one glowing in the right-hand side, and you can't see it. But I would try... You know, I, I should add that they come on sometimes, and then they go off sometimes. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Okay, so then, yeah, I would, you know, next time you're in there, one, hit the dimmer switch and move it up and down. Sometimes there's uh-huh. a spot in that dimmer switch that doesn't let those come on. And then the other thing is kind of, you know, tap on the controller and see if that makes those lights come on. Because sometimes mm-hmm. there can be a short... But usually if it was a fuse, it would be out all the time. Yeah, I, I, that's why I kind of never really got I had other bigger fish to fry, I guess. Right. Um, do you mind if I ask another question yeah, go I for didn't it. mention? Um, I know I need to probably get a tune-up on the car. I haven't done it for some time. My oils are good. Um, but the fluids, particularly like the power steering fluid, how pricey is that work? Is maybe can I get that done or can I, is that something easy enough I can do myself? I mean, you could probably do it yourself, you know, drain it and... And fill it back up with fluid. Okay. Is there like YouTube videos that show where to how to drain it? Yeah, there usually is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, Jeff. No, thank you. And you know what? Owning two of those, yep. Good for you, Dan and Monument. You're up. Go ahead. Yeah, John. I just want. I heard you get rid of your C8. I did. I was wondering. I was wondering what that was about. You didn't like it, or was it no? I loved the car. Actually, it was a fabulous car. I've got a my name on a Z06, which I may or may not ever see. I'm not holding my breath, so I don't know that I ever will. But no, I I did some things in fall where I I actually sold off. Uh, actually, I sold off five of my cars and went down to two. I see. Yeah. So I I did just some maneuvering around on some things and. Uh, uh, you know, one of the cars I ended up with was a new ZL, a new ZL1 uh, Camaro. So, you know, yeah. kind of went that route with a couple of them. And then, you know, some of the other higher-end exotics I just traded for another exotic. Yeah, great. So, no, I love the car. I, and really kind of wish that, you know, if there's anything you could ever wish you hadn't done, maybe that's it. But yeah, I don't know. You know, I, n- no second thoughts. I'm, one, I'm not one of those guys. Like, you know, I did the right thing at the time for me and what I wanted to do. And, and they're still making yeah. C8s. It's not like it's the last one ever built. That one was kind of special. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a car. John, is that, a, is that C8? Is that, can that have a Corvette name on it? <laughs> it doesn't have a front engine, so I don't know. Yeah, I Maybe don't, not. I don't know if that should have been allowed That's by That's hilarious. <laughs> no, I, no, I love the car, Dan. It was a great, by the way, C8's yeah. great car. No, no complaints with them at all. They're great cars. How's the TRX? Oh, it's awesome! That car, that that truck is phenomenal. Those are sweet. Yes, it is one of the most fun vehicles I have to drive. Period. Yes. Yeah. This, have you got a favorite in the larger SUVs, like the Yukon Tahoe Escalade? The new Escalade V that's six hundred horsepower. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's a lot of car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate no, it. No, Dan, you're welcome. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, yeah, so for all of you listening, you've heard me say it a few times. Yeah, I no longer have the C8. Love the car. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. It does everything that it claims to do and then some. It's a fabulous car. Everybody loves seeing it. There's very rarely a place you go that people don't want to stop and look at it. But, no, I made some changes around, and 
I'm I'm still very happy with what I ended up with. So, Steve in Colorado Springs, you're next. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, good, Steve. You hit my hot button on the BMW subscriber for yeah. E to C. Yeah. I'm glad to see there was a lot of blowback because I was one of them. But I don't think we've talked about this, but it just absolutely irritates me to heck that the key fob for BMWs is a sealed unit. Mm-hmm. And between BMW and Porsche, it's 300 to 600 bucks. Wow. You waltz in, you give me a registration, an ID, and they got a new laser key. And it just is, to me, it's like when a flight surgeon says, drop your drawers, bend over, it's not going to hurt too much. But it, it's just freaking crazy. Yeah, you would think on those, Steve, we're, we've, we're at a point now to where, you know, you, you could do a single you know, kind of permanent key that you could hide away, or if you ever needed to manually unlock things, you could. But really, we're at a point where I don't understand why manufacturers haven't done what Apple and a lot of well, other companies have done, where you, know, you can take a set of AirPods now and wirelessly charge those. Why, when your key fob battery gets low, can't you just do the exact same thing well, and avoid some of what you're talking about? Manufacturers yeah, well, are way you know, behind you know, on batteries, that end of things, if you ask me. You know, batteries will fail, and I don't normally give accolades to Ben's, but on Mama's car, it's a you better watch the YouTube. But still, if you do it correctly, don't damage the car. It's a multi-step protocol. But it's a two-dollar battery. Boom, slide it in. Yeah. All systems go. Yeah. And it just—I mean, you know—we've talked before. I really like BMWs. Had them for thirty-five years. But it is just absolutely insane yep. that they feel the obligation to rip up their beloved customers. For three hundred, uh, eight hundred bucks a key, it's just nuts. I I cannot argue with you on that one, Stephen. Again, why modern car manufacturers across the board? First of all, why they can't unify key fobs, which they could. Yes. Why in the world they can't unify key fobs so they're all very very similar, be programmed to the individual car that you want to use it on, and then have it wirelessly charge, or at least have a slot where you know you, you maybe a little indentation, spring loaded, you, you take it out, put a new battery in, and away you go. But really, in today's world, exactly. with modern electronics, the way you can charge your phone and your AirPods and everything else wirelessly, why you can't do that with a key fob shows you how far behind the automotive world gets. Yeah, why can't and we just use know, our phone? And, and really quick, to add on to that, I'm just going to stack on to that really quick. It's why they've got the chip problem right now that they're still experiencing in the automotive world is because of everything we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. Those knuckleheads get tied into one way of doing something, and trying to convince them to do it otherwise is like stinking pulling teeth. Well, as you know, those sealed key fobs only charge to the ignition, and batteries will die. It is freaking nuts. But, you know, I don't normally give accolades to Benz, but if you follow the protocol, you're replacing a $5 battery, done. But you better follow it closely or you'll damage the key fob. Yep. Uh, again, Steve, th- this one is a hot button for me. It's like, you got to be kidding me. There's so many exactly. easier ways to do this in today's modern world, and yet those knuckleheads can't figure it out. Well, as you know, we've talked about it. I've owned them for 35 years. But this one really just chaps me. And I, Benz does stupid things, too. We've talked about it, I think, but they have the oil dipstick filter way back next to the firewall in the center of the engine, which means, of course, they don't want you to check the oil. They don't. But it, and it's hard to do unless yep. you've got eight-foot arms. Yep, that's right. But some, and they don't care. Stuff, they don't care, but just uh, kind of chaps me, you know? Yep. No, I agree with you, Steve. No, appreciate it, by the way, and, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's a phone call that... 
Yeah, uh, there's a few things in the automotive world that really tend to get me going at times, and that is one of them. It's like, okay, you knuckleheads. We live in a day and age where you could unify the majority of what you're doing to the point even to where we have technology today you don't even need a key fob and there's cars out there i know today that will do this you can literally use your phone your smartphone which everybody has with them at all times i mean yeah there's a few of you running around out there that maybe still have an old flip phone but you are in the minority by the way the majority of the modern world modern world not America. The modern world has a smartphone. Why in the world the automakers can't design something to whereby your phone becomes the key and it is done with either you know some sort of face ID or numerous ways to make that happen? And I know Genesis and some companies have done this already. So it is doable. Why in the world they cannot do this is beyond me. They can. They just refuse to. That's how we get in our house and our garage right. door. Guys, how I mean, we change honestly, our AC unit. Honestly, we're at a point in today's world technologically speaking why why in the world i'm carrying a key fob around period to get in any car is absolutely ridiculous i'm just saying it it is ridiculous i agree i mean we are at a point today where that is no longer needed and i will tell you this too i would venture to guess that you look at some of the thievery that's going on out there where they will now i saw this the other day i saw a video on it if, if by the way well you know what i'm gonna hold that thought i got 15 minutes i'm gonna explain how thieves are stealing some cars in a moment when we come back. You'll enjoy, you, know, you probably won't enjoy this because you're going to get freaked out, but I'll give you this when we come back here in a moment. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place, and oftentimes things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. 
Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. He brought along Justin as well. They run Ridgeline Auto Brokers as well. So if you need anything at all from those guys, please look them up. Go right to drive-radio.com. Drive Radio, if you are out, you know, dinking around and you forget that, just Google Drive Radio. You'll find us. It's really that simple. We've been around long enough now that you don't have to search for us at all. It's really easy. Okay, how to keep your vehicle from being stolen. So here's one of the new ways thieves are actually stealing cars. Now, I don't know if this is for every manufacturer, if it's for certain manufacturers, but I will tell you this. There are thieves out there now that have the technology whereby they can recreate your key fob, which once they've done that, they have access to your vehicle and out the door they go. It's that simple. And the way some of these thieves are doing this, and this is not a joke, they will have one person as the lookout. They will have the other individual that's actually got the laptop or the device to make the key fob, and they will be walking around the front of your house with a big antenna-like wire that's kind of drooping from the top of their hoodie all the way down to their thighs, or below, maybe even their calves. And it's a big square-looking antenna thing. And what they're trying to do is your fob inside your house is sending out a signal at all times. So what they're trying to do is pick up that signal that's coming from your fob, intercept it, create a new fob, and they hop in the car, steal it, and out the door they go. And so some people are like, well, how in the world did they steal my car? It was all locked up. I had a part, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I just gave you one of the ways they do that. The other thing they do is they sit in parking lots, and they will watch for certain cars they would like to steal. And they will park nearby, whereby they know you're going to get out of the car and lock it with your fob. The minute you do... They've intercepted the signal. They can recreate a fob, hop inside the vehicle, out the door they go. And these are for push-button start type vehicles, which is the majority of what's on the road today. So for a lot of you that are listening, if you're driving high-end vehicles that you don't want stolen, really pay attention to several factors. One, where are you parking? What's going on? You know, if, you, if you've got your doorbell camera, which I would highly suggest everybody have, be watching that very closely and make sure that there's nobody that's walking up to the front door that's looking suspicious and weird and things like that. And just be aware of what's going on because that's another way that thieves actually, very few are breaking into cars now. They're doing exactly what I'm talking about to steal your car. They're just, they're not, as you guys know, they're just not breaking windows and, you know, doing the things they used to do to get in the car. They don't have to. Mm -hmm. Why go to all that work when you don't have to is the point. If you can make a fob, hop in like you own the thing, and drive off, who's the wiser? 
Yeah, that technology's been around for a while, so you can see how criminals would pick up on it. Yeah. Goes back to our conversation a moment ago. Why aren't the manufacturers moving to more of a you know, personal ID, personal device that you're carrying with you, you know, things along those lines. Now, some of you would say, okay, so what do you do if you have to park your car outside? Where do you put the fob? As far from the vehicle as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would not put that right next to the door, you know, leading outside. I mean, I know a lot of people have a little key rack even. They walk in the door, they hang the keys up, and it's right next to the exit door going outside or going out to the garage or whatever the case may be. I would highly suggest that you take that and put it in the farthest corner away from where the vehicle is so that it does not con you know, communicate with said vehicle and or put it in some sort of a Faraday box, which, by the way, they make on the Internet. You can go to Amazon or multiple places and find a lock box for your keys. So if you wanted to do that same thing and have it next to the door, you know, entering and exiting, exiting your house, you could actually put it in a little box that's going to protect that signal from going out to the vehicle whereby a thief can't come along and intercept. Explain how the box works, Charlie. Yeah, so a Faraday box is basically a box that typically has either got some sort of steel or lead lining. It's sealed. It will not, you know, either an electromagnetic wave from outside can't come in or it won't allow that signal that's inside the box to go back out. Think of being in a really solid metal building on your cell phone. Nothing's worse in talking on a cell phone to the outside world than being inside of a big, huge metal box. Well, condense that way down and even add some layers of protection to it and that fob is no longer able to communicate out nor can something communicate back to it but really it's the fob going out that they're trying to intercept does that make sense i've got some yeah. changes to make when i get home well <laughs> all, and my, they, and all they my keys can, are right next to the front door and they can intercept <laughs> those things and again i the one thing i don't know of because i've not spent a lot of time uh i probably should get some sort of a locksmith or somebody on that knows this world better than i I don't know if that's particular brands, makes and models. I know the Chrysler end of things, Hellcats, things along those lines. That's how they stole some of the Hellcats that you've seen of late is that what I just said is how they do that. So I don't know if it's every vehicle, every manufacturer, every manufacturer of every vehicle that's got a remote control, you know, key fob type, type uh, start. I don't know what the parameters are. I just know that that ability is there, and you'd have to look up your own make and model to figure out if that can affect you or not. My gut feeling is it's probably a larger portion of vehicles on the road than we would imagine. Mm -hmm. And you've yeah. kind of gotten into more of the, Josh, I'm talking to you, you've gotten into more of the kind of this programming, fobs, locks, and so on. How prevalent is this? It's pretty prevalent in all the modern cars with push-button start because you know, they – you don't have to put a key. Because they're receiving a signal receiving saying a signal. the key's in here now. I can start, right? Right, exactly. So, so as long as somebody's got that same... The same fob and the same that code. That same fingerprint, so, if you would. But there also is a rolling code. Rolled. Okay. You know, just like if you... Certain garage websites, door. Yeah, your, your garage door or certain websites, you have to have a, another pass that gives you that rolling number. There's a okay. rolling code. But if they find the most active fob... They're going to get the code with it too, because it's usually spitting out that you know spitting that information out yeah, anyways, right? All the time, yeah. And they then they replicate that, do a new fob, which they can program literally while you're while you're right there. Mm -hmm. And again, a thief within I don't know five seven minutes. And keep in mind, they they could get all that information, go hop out in a van that's you know even even forty or fifty yards down from where nobody can see that you know you can't see them out of your front door camera. They could be down the street actually reprogramming the fob. They can come back anytime they want and pick your car up. Right? I watched Josh yeah. uh, program a key for a customer in five minutes yesterday. Yeah. Doesn't take long. Doesn't take as long as you think with, does it. And with the right tools, I mean we can do an all keys lost and if you're into the vehicle, you can get into them pretty quick. 
Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So all explain that. All keys lost. There's what a, does there, that mean? If you have the right tool, okay. they, the manufacturers made it so there's a thing called all keys lost. So if you lost all your keys, you can go in there and let the car start looking for new keys and you can program them all, and you can probably have it all done. If the, if everything's right, you can have it all done in 10, 15 minutes. Anyone can go and buy one of these scanners, can't yeah, they? they can. Yeah. Okay, so what about, really quick, and we're running out of time here, but what keeps an average Joe from owning all of that? Nothing. I mean, with with the tools Just I, cost? Yeah, the cost. I mean, they're expensive. You know? Yeah, but and, if you're able to sell enough stolen cars and you're rolling through them enough, is the cost even a factor then? No. Okay. What are you, three, you, four, five grand for a yeah, and you, scan you do, tool that can do that? Yeah, for those, you do have to gain access to the car. So you have to get through the door. But, okay. That's know, easy. That's usually pretty okay, easy. Okay, so then how do they get that information from the manufacturer? The tool does it most of the time. So they buy the tool. And this, now, okay, another dumb question. Do you have to be a shop or somebody that's authorized to buy the tool, or you just go figure out who's going to sell you the tool and buy the tool? Yeah, you can buy them from China all day long. So. <laughs> <laughs> All of you so, listening, now, now, do you I feel have, safer now uh, or not? Now, I have a locksmith's license. I report to sites. You Correct. Know, I do all the stuff. Correct. And have the not tools, everybody does. And the tools will report what I do. I Correct. can't just go up to your car and sign in. Right. And it'll, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll want to know what's going on. Okay. But, but there's other people but there's, out there that aren't you that can no, basically do that. Ones, they can, yeah, they can do it. Okay. So for a lot of you listening, yes, I, I hope we're not scaring you. We're just trying to make you aware of what's going on and how easy. Some of you are wondering, how do they steal 100 cars a day in this whole Denver metro area? And by the way, this is going to spread to other, other parts of the country. It's not just going to be Denver. You're going to see stolen cars in every major city across the, the country here in the not-too-distant future if it's not already happening. We just happen to be one of the higher ones. Why? Uh, I have my own reasonings we talk about during the week on Rush to Reason. I've got other thoughts on why we're so large here. But it's going to come to other cities, especially knowing what I just said and how it works. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to steal cars now, is my point. It, and it's, it's not even like the old days where you kind of used the, the Slim Jim, you got inside the yeah. car, you took a hammer, you broke out the steering column, and you, know, you gained access that way and you drove away. It's even easier than that now if you've got all the right tooling. The right tools, yeah. And the, again, the high-end thieves and rings, keep in mind, too, the guy that's actually doing this is probably not the guy that even owns the tool. He probably just works for the ring. The mm-hmm. cartel or whoever it happens to be that's in charge of these cars being stolen. He, he's just the gopher. He's just out. He knows how to work the tool. He's learned all of that. He's going door to door. He's the guinea pig, if you would. There's somebody behind him that's funding all of that, that's even handling the fencing of the car once it's been stolen, and on and on we go. Folks, this is a big deal. It's not something that just happens by happenstance. These cars, in a lot of cases, especially the high-end cars, they're being targeted. They know where to look, and they know what to steal, yep. and they are. They're not stealing the car, they're stealing the cat off of it. Is that the best way to say it? And the cats, I, I look at the cat as the low-level thief. The guy stealing the car is the high-level thief. Right. You've got <laughs> exactly. both ends of it. Now, can they work together? Probably not. The low-level guy that's stealing cats, I hate to say this, but he's stealing cats. He's reselling them. He's buying meth and coke and drugs and so on. The guy on the other end, he's working for the cartel mm-hmm. or whoever it is that's taking a lot of these high-end cars, and they're going who knows where, but they are being resold, and that's how that's working. So got about a minute left. James, go ahead. Hey, uh, John. Glad to join your show. So, um... What about detecting the G- a GPS uh, locator on your car that somebody might have sur- you know, snuck in on there? 
Uh, you could do that. I would. I would be some. I would add some redundancy to that. And if it's a vehicle that you're really worried about, go get an Apple AirTag or some other GPS tracking device. Stick it underneath the seat someplace where a thief doesn't even know it's there. My my biggest concern with the ones that go in the ALDL connector and even kind of go up underneath the dash is a thief could take those apart really easily. An AirTag, which by the way, again, every thief has a cell phone, and if anybody with a cell phone comes mm-hmm. near, it's going to pick that up and tell you where the car is at. So I would put you know an AirTag of some kind underneath the seat and hide it away where nobody knows it's there and has a need to change that back out, but that's what I would do. I think you got this a little bit backwards. Um, my, my daughter's going through a, a divorce, and it's not a pretty one, and uh, she's fearful that her uh, other half uh, put something like that on her car. Uh, there are bug detectors you can look to see if that's the case, and yes, I would. If she's, if she's worried about that, James, I would do that because that probably has happened. Yeah, uh, the guy's a real high tech guy. Yep, and, all and that then most likely, so go get a bug detector and, and find where the bugs at, and that's how and, you would do that. Where do you get Where do you get those devices? Just look on Amazon; they're sold. You can buy one, have it delivered tomorrow, probably. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yep. James, thanks. By the way, great question. Something, you know what, I'll write that down and come back to that a little bit more next week, because that's a really big thing as well for some of you out there. That could happen, by the way, to anyone. Not even in a relationship. Somebody in a parking lot could put something on your vehicle and start tracking you. We'll talk about that next week as well. Guys, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it very much. This has been Drive Radio. If you need anything at all, go right to the website, drive-radio.com, or just Google Drive Radio. Myself, Larry, Charlie, and, of course, Josh and Justin signing off. You guys have a great weekend. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.